0: So let me open in prayer to God, and then we're going to be reading and picking up from chapter 2, verse 17 through 19, as well as chapter 3. So join me in prayer, please. Lord, I pray that as I read your word, that your Holy Spirit, the living water, be present and felt among your people here at Grace Community Church. May our ears be open to hear and receive your word. May your voice sound forth, and may your Holy Spirit use your word to change our hearts with your truth. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So now we're in the third week um, as we go through 1 Thessalonians, and it's titled um, Encouraging Each Other in Faith love, and hope. And so today's text, I'll read through that first, and then I'm going to summarize chapter 1 and 2 uh, since it's been a couple of weeks since we've, we've been together. So please open your Bible to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17, and read with me. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, We endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face because we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus that is coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Let's continue in chapter three. Therefore, when we could For now we live, if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day, that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound bound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. So in the first chapter, um, Paul was encouraging the Thessalonians uh, to know in their hearts that God has chosen them and loves them. God calls believers his beloved. God has always loved us, church. In 1 Thessalonians 1, chapter 1 verse 4, this is what Paul wrote. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. And so as we move through to chapter 2, God is, uh, Paul is actually mirroring God himself. And the image that he used, the one of a nursing mother, when speaking to the Israelites when they were in exile in Babylon. So in chapter 2, verse 7. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother. Taking care of her own children. So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also ourselves, because you had become very dear to us. And so, in chapter 2, what you see is God and Paul's tender love and compassion that are in full display. And shocking to me, as I was reading through First Thessalonians, about the amount of emotion that Paul has, and I think I'm an emotional guy, but but actually, I, I really it's it's uncomfortable for me. It was uncomfortable for me to read this and and see that, and that's something I've been praying about was that I could see God's emotion and love and desire for me. And so that vulnerability and honesty that Paul is showing us, it's a picture of encouragement that we should desire to give and receive to one another, brothers and sisters. We want this because we want the church to grow, to be built up in Christ and to be more like Christ. And so as you are hearing First Thessalonians be read, Feel, allow yourself to feel that emotion. Allow your heart to be softened by the living water. And so let's revisit the first paragraph that I read today. I'm gonna reread it because I really truly believe that scripture and with the Holy Spirit being present really touch our souls and hearts. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time in person, Not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face, because we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or crown or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus that is coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. And so Paul opens up this paragraph saying that he's torn away. And if I had just started there saying he was torn away, what context would you have had? Would you have just been like, okay, he just was apart, he just moved on. But if you have this picture of a nursing mother, then it's not just torn away, is it? It's ripped apart from these new believers. Paul was not ready to leave the Thessalonians. He was forcibly pushed away. And so, as we carry that image, that image of Paul, as a nursing mother, through today's sermon, then you're going to be seeing this picture that's difficult to just see from the outside in. I want you to imagine—it's hard for me to imagine—but imagine being a mom. That if your baby was torn away from you, that you would be feeling fear you would be feeling worried. And that's what he felt to these new believers. And so recall that we actually have context and picture to 1 Thessalonians in chapter 17. The Thessalonians, uh, he had only spent three weeks with them, three Sabbath days. Uh, And as they believed and wanted to follow Christ, they were being threatened immediately. They were being accused of being traitors. Their neighbors, their family, their friends. And so Paul was forced away. He was unable to bear with them. And he actually had to leave them. Leave his beloved behind. And so that's what Paul is sharing with us today, church. He's laying out this raw emotion of pain. But he's also showing us that in times of distress in times of affliction we can feel comfort as we increase our dependency on god the father and jesus christ and so as we move from chapter two to chapter three i'm going to read just chapter three verse one through five therefore when we could bear it no longer For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. And so what you see here is that the enemy is actually mentioned twice. Um, And the enemy is Satan. It's mentioned in the prior chapter that Satan hindered us and the tempter had tempted you. And so I bring that up because I think it's important to define the reality we live in. We live and exist in Satan's domain, his realm today, until either we go to heaven or Jesus returns. But on the opposite side, what is also true, and the truth is we are united to Christ today. And are transferred from the the kingdom of darkness, Satan's kingdom, to the kingdom of light, where Christ is our king. So with this truth, Paul is still worried about the Thessalonians. Because they are new believers. They're a small sprout. And he wants to nurture it and protect it like any mom would. And so he's worried that they're going to be tempted, that they're going to fall away from the faith. And he ends with saying that, I'm afraid that our labor would be in vain. And so what do you think Paul's response is to the church? He sends someone he trusts to them, someone that they know. He sends Timothy to the Thessalonians in order for him to know and learn about their faith. And Timothy will be there to encourage, to establish their faith. And so it doesn't tell us here in the text what exactly Timothy actually told the Thessalonians, but what do you think? What do you think Timothy told them? What would Timothy tell you today? if you were the one being persecuted, if you were the one whose property was being taken, if you were the one who's called a traitor and attacked by a mob. What encouragement do you need in that moment? And so turn with me to John chapter 15. And this is gonna be a lot of text. We're gonna read all of John 15. And then John 16, verse 1 through 4. So turn to your Bibles and read with me. I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit my commandments you will abide in my love just as i have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love these things i have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full this is my commandment that you love one another as i have loved you greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends you are my friends if you do these things I command you so that you will love one another if the world hates you you know that it has hated me before it hated you if you were of the world the world would love you as its own but because you are not of the world but I chose you out of the world therefore the world hates you remember the word that I said to you a servant is not greater than his master not done among them the works that no one else did they would not be guilty of sin but now they have seen and hated both me and my father the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled they hated me without a cause but when the helper comes whom i will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will bear witness about me and you will also Also, will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God, and they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. And so that's a lot of text. And so we're just going to really take it one verse at a time. So Jesus was speaking to his disciples in the upper room right before he was going to be crucified. And so what we're learning is actually about Jesus telling us more about him. He's telling us of himself. He's also letting us know the relationship that he has to God the Father. He also knows that we need to understand our relationship to him as his church. So in verse 1, Jesus tells us, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. In verse 5, Jesus tells us, I am the vine. You are the branches. And so God is actually painting an image for us to see, church. And so just take a step back. We're in a garden, aren't we? Is that where we are? And in this garden, it feels like the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve were. Except we're not Adam and Eve in this picture, are we? Or the branches connected to the one who gives us life, Jesus Christ. And so, as Jesus tells us in verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, that's God the Father, takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he, God the Father, prunes. That it may bear more fruit. And so there's a tendency, church, there's a tendency for all of us to think it's our job and it's within our control to bear fruit, to really show people the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Like, I can control that. If I try harder, I do more, I know more, then I will do more, and I will bear fruit. And what is Jesus' response to that? Effort that we place on ourselves. Look at verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you. Unless you abide in me. Do you see it church? As we pause and walk through that very slowly. Do you hear it? Are you receiving that? It is when we abide in Christ, it is when we are connected and in union with Christ that we will bear fruit. Because we're only the branches. We need to go to Christ continually. Because it is Christ who is going to give us the daily bread. We need to go to him daily in order to flower and bear fruit. And so Jesus then tells us why. Why is it important to bear fruit? In verse 8, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So said another way, the way that we can glorify God, the way that we can point people to God the Father, is to really abide In his son, Jesus Christ. And when we do so, when we actually abide under Jesus' teaching, we will have life. And so when we turn to Jesus, when we desire to know him more, it allows us to see God and less of ourselves. And so I want to share something that our brother in Christ, Paul Longhi, had shared with me uh, at a men's meeting in October 2020. When we went through this, John 15. He asked the men to think about the fruit. He asked us, what is it that a fruit tells? the tree the fruit we bear informs what type of tree it is if the fruit is sweet then the fruit of the spirit is being displayed and is also sweet but who church is the fruit for and this is something that paul pressed into and i love his insight that the holy spirit gave him It's not for us, not for the branch. The branch doesn't eat the fruit. It's for the passerby. It's for that person who is passing by and can take the fruit from you, the branch, and taste it. And as that person tastes it, we will either be pointing to Christ or we won't. And so, do you feel that now, church, as we press into? us being the branch, Jesus being the vine, and us bearing fruit through being connected in union with Christ. The more we look to Jesus, the more perspective changes, even when we look at our own circumstances, even though we face hardship or joy, by looking to Jesus and abiding in him, It will change you. And so let's bring this back to the Thessalonians. Notice that continuing in John, Jesus' commandment in verse 12 through 13. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has has no one than this. That someone lay down his life for his friends. So Jesus Christ did this for us when he was crucified on the cross. He bore our sins. Took the penalty for all of our sins. And his death showed us God's love for us. And Jesus' love for us. Because we are his people. We are his beloved. But if I were to end the story on Jesus' death, and say that that sacrificial love, that was it, it would be an incomplete story, because it's about his resurrection, in which he is demonstrating his power and authority over Satan. And so the Thessalonians were persecuted. They were struggling. Satan was present and tempting. And yet, in the face of these circumstances, what would bolster, what would bolster and sustain the Thessalonian church? So let's continue in chapter 15, going back to verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. And so here's the point, church. As Christians, as fellow believers, as your brother in Christ, we are destined to suffer. we are destined to face affliction and to go through trials. And so, when we were struggling with this image of pruning uh, we, 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 we thought of it, we thought we'd look it up, and so, um, ever since we moved to the area, my wife and I have taken our 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 boys. I'm taking them grape picking. And what we learned was pruning isn't trimming a bush. It's not you make the bush pretty and round and take off the excess. Pruning is going down to the stub. You're taking that branch off and cutting down to the stub for grapes. And and so that image of being cut to the stub as a branch. Even though Jesus says if if you're for me, I'm still going to cut you down in order for you to be pruned and bear more fruit. And so whether you are following Christ or not following Christ, you will face trials. But if you are abiding in Christ, those trials will have a different meaning for you. And that's what the church in Thessalonica That's what they were facing. And so in chapter 15, verse 18 through 20, it really drives home that point. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember. word that I said to you a servant is not greater than his master if they persecuted me they will also persecute you and so I think this is where Satan is very active and present is when he realizes that you are following Christ and when you are following Christ even though he can't hurt you because you are now in the kingdom of light he can distract you He can make your life harder. But when you belong to Christ, your effort, Satan's effort, can't harm you. But it can distract you. It can discourage you. But for the Thessalonians, they were just encouraged to see that the servant is not greater than the master. And if they continue to abide in the master, abide in Jesus, that he could sustain them no matter their circumstance. So let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and this is where I'm going to wrap up. Verse 6 through 13. This is the last part. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you for this reason brothers in all of our distress and affliction we have been comforted about you through your faith for now we live if you are standing fast in the lord for what thanksgiving can we return to god for you for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our god With all his saints. So it's interesting that the letter as it progresses, Paul's sharing his concern and worry for the church, but he actually already had the answer, didn't he? He already had Timothy's report. So he could have written the letter and just said, you know, I don't want to share that vulnerability, but I'm actually just gonna share the good news. I hear of Timothy and you are faithful to us and faithful to God. But instead he actually goes through the process of of showing and and paul he was worried about satan and then it didn't happen they didn't fall away and so paul is really walking us through his thought process and showing us that you can feel the comfort of someone else's faith in your own affliction and he's not only comforted church he's actually giving thanksgiving and praise in his prayer to God at this encouraging news. And so, in conclusion, Paul is so affectionate and his love is so overflowing for the Thessalonians that I want you to know that this is the picture of God, the Father, and Jesus, his Son's love for us. As we face trials and afflictions, just know God sees you, He sees you in your pain, He sees you where you are. We church need to abide in Jesus daily, and as brothers and sisters, we need to point one another to Jesus because it's only by knowing Jesus fully knowing him that we can be changed and so that is my prayer for us church that we can change into the image of god and people will see god in each one of you that they will taste the fruit that is off the branch and they will taste the sweetness of the fruit of the spirit that god is flowing through you, through Jesus. And so, it is the Lord that's going to be increasing our love for one another. It is our Lord that will establish our hearts blameless, not by our own efforts. Let us pray together. Dear God, thank you um, for just giving us your word for us to read your word and and actually hear your voice. And so may our hearts soften to receive your word. May our hearts soften when we feel uh, hurt because when we're hurt, we want to close off our emotions because it's too much pain. And what Paul is demonstrating here to us is that he's letting that out. He's showing, as a nursing mother, he's showing in full display the pain and worry he has for the children that you gave him. And so I just ask that we are able to bear with one another, that we are able to increase And abound in love for one another. And so, give us comfort while we are being tested. Let us be joyful. And pray with thanksgiving for when we see our fellow brothers and sisters stand firm in the faith through Jesus Christ.